Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. It's Paul and the crew tonight. John and Peter back. We're going to talk the world of sport. We're going to look at a bit of baseball, a bit of AFL, a bit of NRL, the world game, everything in between. We're back. And you know what? I think we should... This is the Love Sport Podcast. Foden, oh, denied by the post, Harland, 
this. Well, he's in the wars, Brandon Smith. And there's, there's nothing That's like about that. There is nothing fair. like That is fair. And they were combining inside the 40 with Offla. Guys, it's the Love Sport Podcast. The crew are back. We've got Pete and John with us tonight. I'm Paul, the other host as well. Hey, the guys. boys are back in town. Boys are back in town. Wow. Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah, for someone who's pretty tired, they are very dulcet tones there, mate. So the world of football, you're coaching nonstop at the moment. And uh, just a warning to the rest of the uh, listeners, Pete could fall asleep at any moment. Yeah, I do apologise in advance, uh, but, you know, if I do fall asleep, um, just enjoy the background snores. Uh, if I stay awake, then I'm more than happy to contribute to the conversation. Well, let's get into it, guys. Um, we will talk a bit of the world game, um, just a very general talk tonight about all different sports, uh, love sport podcasts. We don't try and stick to a script, but I just cannot, cannot get over I think you could spend a billion dollars on this player and be justified. Harland just continues to score for fun. What, what's he scored in the last two games? Eight goals? Uh, where are we? We're at 28 goals with 11 games left of the Premier League season to go. Um, and his best ever record in the Bundesliga was 27 goals in a Bundesliga season. So he's already surpassed that by going 28 games in the toughest league in the competition or the toughest league in uh, in world football. He's got 28 uh, goals so far and 11 games left to play at least on the calendar. So, mate, what an absolute beast of a forward. Well, then he scores five goals in the Champions League and three goals um, following up from that in the FA Cup. Oh, strategically, I did like his five goals and then Pat Guardiola's like, no, no, mate, off you come, off you come. Yep, you don't want to break Messi's <laughs> record here. No, 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 Messi's record. No, come on, out you come. I mean, how much would you pay? Guys, uh, I'll start with you, John. How much would you honestly pay for this guy? Uh Probably more than what Leeds were prepared to pay for him two two years ago. Uh, <laughs> well, I think that he, he was. It's funny, isn't it? Traditional big big centre forwards probably what's been missing from Man City, and and he's look. He's on the end of a pretty amazing team. Uh, he is. So, and he has. I mean, what's his? He seems pretty durable. So he's worth whatever you want to pay because uh, people who score don't come along very often. I just think we're seeing, um, you know, I, I know that Messi and Ronaldo are at the end of their careers, but we're now seeing for the first time in a long time just an absolute machine. Like, you guys have, have barely blinked when when we've just said he scored five goals in a Champions League game and then scores a few days later, scores a hat-trick in an FA Cup. Okay, let's play a quick game of higher or lower. What do you think his current market value is? Uh, take a guess of a number and I'll tell you higher or lower. $250 million. Ooh, uh, lower than that. Is that. I mean, how long is that for? Is that the straight up transfer, um, Paul? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. All right, I will, what's the, I'd say $120. Uh, a little bit higher than that. 134 Higher. One forty one eighty. Higher. One fifty. Bit higher. One fifty five. Bit higher. Keep going. <laughs> Bit higher. Seventy. 
180. 170. 170 is the winner right there. That is his current market value. And that is as of um, basically November 2022. However, I wouldn't be surprised if his market value has uh, since increased from when he's transferred to Manchester City kind of took place. So actually your initial bid there, uh, Paul, of that 200 million, to be honest... If a team went in to bid for him right now, you know, if a PSG came in and asked for big dollars, that's probably what they're paying. Oh, he'd get. A, I, I think he. I think he'd break all sorts of records because right now you've got Newcastle, you've got PSG. Um, we can't really say Barcelona anymore. Um, but uh, Barcelona would find some dollars between their, you know, back seats. So it's okay that that would make it happen if they had to, because they know that they would sell enough jerseys to make it a financially beneficial agreement. They would not be able to pay it up front. They'd be able to pay it installments. Oh, I just think that, I honestly think you, so many teams are playing really attractive football at the moment and cannot score. And I know, I, I do agree with what you're saying, John. He's on the end of some very handy stuff, but I think he'd make any team better. <laughs> it, I mean, significantly better. Oh, I'm not bagging him. He's done an amazing job. Uh but, you know, like, I mean, Ian Rush scored a lot of goals at Liverpool, didn't he? I mean, you get <laughs> – it's difficult to know sometimes. I mean, would he be scoring scoring this many goals at Fulham? I, I, I think I, I think in a lot of the teams he would. I think he would be scoring not too many less at, at most clubs in the Premier League. I mean, the Premier League's um, – right now, the standard of even the bottom team, I've never seen a competition where the bottom seven or eight teams – can compete with anyone for large periods. I don't know if you've ever seen a season like this where Southampton can, can compete with anyone for 70, 80 minutes and they're, they're bottom. Well, they could, except for the extended period of time where they were under Nathan Jones. That period of time was awful. But prior to Nathan Jones' time at Southampton, yes, incredibly competitive, uh, absolutely in the fight, yes. Um I think that there's obviously, you know, we say that the Premier League is arguably the most competitive league in, in world football at the moment. There's obviously lots of pros and cons to suggest that. Um, but it's definitely one of those types of leagues that, you know, there's a clearly defined kind of potentially kind of a top seven type clubs financially. And then you've got kind of a nice little middle pack. And, you know, you, you can almost throw that middle pack saying that you're surprised about the likes of a, a Crystal Palace being in a relegation scrap. You can almost, uh, you know, throw out there a, you know, a, a Leicester City who's too good to be in a relegation scrap, but unfortunately they're down there and Everton who somehow are scraping out of it. But, you know, there, there's that middle pack and then there's that lower group. But as you say, even that lower group, as you say, Southampton, uh, Bournemouth, you know, on their day, they can still work some magic. Well, you put him in Villa, and I can only go by the team I watch every week. You put him in Villa, he'd still be on 20-odd goals right now. Yes. Yeah, look, he would be up there. Um, Admittedly, it would be very interesting to see how Villa could actually get the ball up to him. Um, Well, I think we're we're doing plenty of that. I just don't think we've got the people to put it away because Watkins... He, whilst he's playing well for us, and he, you know, he could be the first person in twenty odd years to score over ten goals for us three seasons in a row. Yeah, I mean, uh, Harland is just such a massive upgrade on that. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not trying to put Watkins down. I'm just explaining. Um, but look, look, I just love the fact that we've, you know, we've got a player who, if, if City are playing, I'm excited to see what he can do. 
Oh, he's very exciting. Every striker, bar Harry Kane, has to go through injury problems um, over a career. Every striker's got to have a little down down period to come out of. I don't know what his down period would mean. He started off with so many goals. I do think he's cashing in at the front of being on one of the best teams that's ever existed. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Um, and I suppose records are there to they'd be are there to be broken, aren't they? And um, you know, if he if he breaks the record and continues at the pace he's going, I'm just still astonished of those eight goals in the last two games. And he probably could have had more. And he looks so laconic when he plays. Like he kind of strides in. Looks like he's just taking it easy. He must put his defenders off so much with the way he runs in. <coughs> He, look, he, he gets in the right positions though too. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, is I mean Harry Kane spent most of the World Cup playing outside the box for England. You're never going to score there. No, no. And uh, look, guys, the um, we, we were just touching on that that at the relegation battle. Um, we once again, I I know I sound like I'm a broken record here, but never ever seen a season where there there theoretically are nine teams um, still in danger. At this late in the season, well, I, I can't remember a season like this. Yeah, Louis, it's incredibly close. Um, as you say, nine teams in that relegation scrap as it's, as as it stands. And, and and look, to be blunt, the the number which we've you know known for a while, which factually hasn't existed since about 2016, is you need at least 39 points as a minimum to make sure that you are safe. Um, admittedly, that number, um, like I say, hasn't really been factual since 2016. But in in context, that's what you need to be to make sure that you're safe. So Crystal Palace, um, they've jumped the gun here. They've, you know, sacked Patrick Vieira. They've brought back Roy Hodgson. They're looking to try and make a little bit of uh, security um, to try and see what, what can happen here. So it'll be very interesting to see what uh, what Roy does at a palace to try and see you know how they can get out of this scrap. They're on four losses in a row, so that there's a lot of work to be done here. Uh, Wolves, uh, they look like they're just clawing their way out of this um, you know battle at the moment. So they, they they look probably likely to get out of this scrap. Leeds, similar type of a thing. They look more competitive um, under look um, Sean Dice at Everton. You can almost, I wouldn't say you can bank on them being secure, but if there's ever a team that you would say that's a team who knows how to get out of a relegation scrap, it's a Sean Dyche Everton side now. The last time we spoke, and I was going to bring it up, I mean, there was a little bit of a, you know, jury's out on him. I was pretty I was pretty bullish on the appointment, and he's done a great job, and he's a good manager, and he's a good manager for that situation. I just really think that Crystal Palace bringing in Roy Hodgson is a pretty savvy move. I mean, all these names get thrown around all the time, don't they? Pochettino or, you know, someone from... There's always somebody from the continent. It's always like they're always amazing. Sometimes these actual English coaches know what to do. Or, you well, know, there's four... You're right. And, and, and look, put it in context, there's four points between Crystal Palace and Southampton. Crystal Palace in 12th and Southampton in 20th. There is four points. And so I think you, you, you are right. Appointing the right manager at this time. Well, their form has been terrible. Well, they had four losses on the bounce, and the only team in that sort of in that bottom part of the table who seems to be looking, it, it, you know, when I look at the, the bottom three. The form of the bottom three is substantially better than all the teams above them, right up to Crystal Palace. Yeah. And so I would say that if you're 
a fan of Leicester. There's a big game this weekend between Forest and Wolves. Um, and so, okay, Leeds seem to be going all right, but, but Forest, Leicester and Wolves and Palace, I mean, any one of those four could find their way in um, heading out the ejector seat. Yeah, well, we do, have a, we do have the international break, which I'm finding a bit... I find a bit rich for this reason. Is We had a World Cup that already uh, postponed the season. Now we're having... Um, international breaks and stuff. I think this would be the time you have a almost a midweek or I don't know. I just I love international football, but the last the, the last the last international break really kill, killed our season at the World Cup, and you know everyone knows it. And and the momentum, and we just got it back again, and now we're having another break. It's like give me a break. For, what for to qualify for? Um, you know, and and you know, mainly says surely they could have done another time. I just think it's ridiculous after they had the last one. Well, 10 games to go, and congratulations to Arsenal on winning the Premier League title. They're eight points clear. Um, Man City do have a game in hand, but I really can't see I can't see City catching Arsenal. The, the style of football Arsenal's playing at the moment is so good to watch. What's I the think, rest I of their draw? Sorry, their sorry? draw? I'm looking at the rest of their draw, and we can get comment on that. Um, yeah, for sure. They, I mean, they've got games. Got... They've got leads. They've got Liverpool at Anfield. There's no way that Liverpool's going to let that happen. They'll beat Leeds comfortably. Well, Um, yeah, but Leeds Leeds could also start kicking them in the shins too. Um, Then there's a game against West Ham. Yeah, next. They win that. At the most boring stadium in in Europe. Southampton. Then they got City, Chelsea, us. Chelsea are at the Chelsea Chelsea they were. Last year we Um, beat them 4-0 at our place. Brighton are a good team. Forest will be fighting for their lives, so will Wolves. I think that there is a chance that they could come back. Yeah, I mean, you can't say there's not a chance, but um, if we go and have a look at City's um, remaining matches as well, um, their return after the international break is Liverpool. Um, not going to be an easy game. Um, they have Southampton. They've still got the Champions League as well. Um, so they're up against Bayern in a home and away. They've got Wester who will be fighting hard. I think... And FA Cup, so they're still in the FA Cup as well. Um, and then they've got that huge game at the end of April against Arsenal. That That is absolutely massive game. They've got a pretty darn good run home, City, actually. They've got most of the teams at the bottom of the table. Yeah, City also have more games that they have to compete with. So they've also got, you know, Champions League quarterfinals. They've got FA Cup semifinals to look forward yep. to. Arsenal have the Premier League to focus on. That's it. That's all they need to do at this point is focus purely on the Premier League. So I tell you what, this is this is something that could prove to be the difference is the fact that City have three things that they've got their eyes on. Arsenal have one thing. And, and because of down, that, it comes it, down to the number of games. If it came down to um, as the City ownership or City fans and it came down to winning another Premier League title or the Champions League, I think they would take They want Champions League. League. They want Champions League. No, ha- no doubt about it. So that's the other thing, uh, John, I think that, that goes against them is just that they're still in two competitions. One, they're desperate to win as well. Yeah, well, this time, I mean, remember last year when we were doing our pre-season tips for who was going to win the um, league and I was being an idiot. I said Arsenal then, so I just went like a year. I went a year early. You went. A, you did go a year early, mate. Bit of, bit of premature speculation. Thanks, mate. <laughs> um, now, 
We'll get off the world game just for a moment. Um, Pete, you may fall asleep in a moment. Uh, I'm not sure about John, but they just finished the World Baseball Classic, uh, which is basically like the World Cup of Baseball. And for many people around the world um, who follow the game, it wasn't a massive shock, but it was a nice surprise to see um, Japan beat the US um, in the last couple of days. In the last innings, they won 3-2. And it was really fitting because it was the um, California Angels um, all-rounder, one of the rare guys who can hit and pitches, Shohei Otani, who I just love, um, was up against Mike Trout, one of the highest-paid um, hitters in the league. And he struck him out. They're both from the same team to um, lead Japan to a world classic again. Um so the Americans that, had the Americans had their proper full team, did they? They definitely didn't, but it was still a very strong team. Wasn't Mike Trout one of their superstars? Well, Mike Trout is an absolute superstar. Um, him and oh. Shohei, uh, Shohei, Shohei Otani, uh, the Japanese pitcher and, and hitter, are probably the Angels' only shining lights, but two of the you know top ten in the whole league. Well, that's good. So, Isn't baseball Japan's national sport? It, look, it is. I mean, but there's still, you know, when you're talking about um, baseball, it's about power hitting and power pitching. And it was just, Japan are just so good at the game. Um, and to see Otani um, beat his fellow, you know, uh, player was just, yeah, so good. And Australia made the final eight as well. Um, a lot of young Australian talent in, in Major League Baseball at the moment. I thought it was a really great effort. And I can tell you now, if you think about what happened to American basketball when they lost a couple of um, world championships and Olympics, they brought in the dream team. And I think baseball will do the same. I don't think there'll be anyone who pulls out. Um, my team was a big loser. Um, we lost our um, relief pitcher, probably the best relief pitcher in all of baseball. Not pitching, but celebrating a strikeout. He actually is out for the season. How do you injure yourself celebrating a strikeout? What have they done doing Don't cartwheels? They just and... fists or something? Isn't that all they do? Uh, he, he, he jumped in the air in excitement and uh, came down and was and it got injured. And um, now he's out for the year. So oh, good th- th- there's a lot of a lot of fans are saying we don't want this World Baseball Classic. It means nothing, but the rest of the world it means a hell of a lot. Um, no, I and... venture to say they play they play 160 ridiculous games a year in their league. It's the most boring league that God ever put breath into. So um, they need it, something. And thank God that the, I'm pleased the, Jap- the Japanese team won. That, that's good because that yeah. is one sport that's really fading badly. I don't know where they get the money from. Seriously, keep paying this buddy. Like people, you, you know as well as I do, Paul, and <coughs> but we say to you, Pete, this is a podcast from American sport. They're dissing the game all the time, saying it's boring as crap. That was going. I absolutely love the game, and I, 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 I seriously, um, the the Mets won a hundred games last year, and I was so excited. We got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. I think they played too many games. They're caught between the tradition of the ballpark. You think where... they played too many games? One hundred sixty-eight in a regular. Yeah, season. I, I do think they. I do you think, think they played too. <laughs> yeah, I think they played too many games. But some of my greatest moments have been. Um, watching baseball in America on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday when there's been no one there and just uh, I loved it. But yes, they played too many games for sure. 
Um, and look, they did try some things last year with double headers and seven inning games and stuff like that as well. So they have to try something. But um, you know, congratulations. Oh, I'll, uh, you know, I'll do what the American Yanks always say to us. What they need to do is put a pitch in the middle, a set of stumps, and start bowling it into the ground, and it'll become a whole <laughs> lot more exciting. Well, I love the game, and, and look, I the Brisbane Bandits were knocked out in the semis of the Australian Baseball League, and. Get look if you've never seen a game, go and watch a local ABA game, uh, ABL game next year. It is amazing. You you get three to five hundred because that's the um, capacity they they deliberately have for these games, and you are right behind the pitcher and and the hitter, and it's it's just fantastic. So do yourself a All favor. Right. Well, here's a little known fact for Pete, Pete. Pete, quick quiz for you. What was the first sport that I actually was a, uh, successfully coached to a win? Have a guess. Uh, it would have been badminton. Uh, no, it wasn't badminton. Uh, it would have been uh, beach volleyball. I wish. That was baseball. Baseball. Yep. I knew that. Yeah. Um, I love I mean, I actually, that, and that's the thing, and, and out there for all of our, you know, we've got a lot of friends of the podcast who are big baseball fans, and uh, I just want to uh, put my cap in my hand and apologise because uh, the most fun I ever had coaching or being around a a sport was when my son was playing baseball as a kid, and I, all I could think of was, I wish I'd started playing this when I was a kid. And, but and, that doesn't make so, watching it any more exciting. Well, I, I love watching it, so I'm, I'm probably in the minority as an Australian, but I absolutely love it. Um, there's not many sports I don't love, actually. That's a bit of a, a bit of a weird call. But no, congratulations um, to Japan. We started off with the AFL season round one um, with the first game of the year in front of 80-odd thousand. Richmond drawing against Carlton in a pretty awful game. Um, St Kilda upset Fremantle. There were some really good results. And your Brisbane Lions just didn't come to play, mate, uh, last week. Well, they embarrassed me. They embarrassed me in a big spot because I haven't watched a televised game of sport, as you know, for nearly three months, which comes to an end at Easter. I was having to be in a pub in Kilda with my mates watching that game. And uh, I was lucky enough to be watching that game. And I wish I had it kept to my um, oath that I made. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, what are predictions are made after one round of football, aren't they? Which I, no. I always find always find funny. But look, football's back, um, and huge, huge crowds. I think you know, I know Richmond had eighty eight thousand for their first home game, and there was a few other games around the seventy thousand mark. Um, it, it, it's a good game for TV, probably not as good as as rugby league and and the world game. But being there live, as you'd know. John, there's nothing quite like a, a live close game. Um, but, hey, I do want to touch on rugby league with you guys as well. And I'm not sure if you saw Kafusi, who's just been a hitting machine the last few years. Um, and just wondering what your thoughts are about Kafusi getting four weeks um, for what many, many people don't think he should have been suspended for at all. And you might not have even seen the hits. No, I'm actually trying to look at the footage right now yeah. to, uh, to try and uh, see what it's all about. It's an interesting one. Um, I, I don't know. So what did he get? Four-week suspension for yep, some of these weeks. hits? Four Jeez. weeks. Now, obviously, the NRL has um, you know started copying. And I don't mean that badly. It's a good thing to copy the right thing to do. But NRL started <coughs> realising that these head-high hits and everything um, – you know, there's two massive class actions by the AFL. The AFL's already had a couple of players suspended for um, going the bump and hitting high. And yeah. even that's caused massive issues because 
one player targets, Cosie Pickett from Melbourne targets a player, hits him high and gets two weeks for what everyone thought should have been four or six. And Adelaide player does a very similar incident and gets more weeks than him. And it, that's, I think, what people are also confused about. There's such I think we need message. some consistency. We just need some consistency. You hit high and this is what you're going to get. And if you hit high and you actually hurt someone, then this is what you're going to get on top. I thought it was really well said by uh, actual the Melbourne, uh, the Demons coach. He just basically said, we teach our players to tackle. The bump has got so many. This is not this is not verbatim, of course. Um, the bump has got so many chances to make a mistake that you're better off just going to tackle. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's where the game will end up. I think the bump will be taken right out of, I think, the shoulder charge in NRL, and I think the the, um, the bump will be taken out of both sports. Yeah, the shoulder charge is gone, so isn't it? So, Yeah, um, it is, and it's and a smart move to do it. And, and um, uh, I, I just think the bump will end up going out of uh, AFL as well. It just, do you make a run for your own back? Because in rugby, they've really they, they've brought the, the the tackling zone down so low, so low. It's um, in NRL that'd be very difficult. But I think one of the problems they're going to have is when you also get to think the heat that's coming in the NFL, which is about um, not being able to tackle below the knees either. Um, and I think that's coming too because what well, there's way more knee injuries and head injuries. Well, in AFL, you've never, um, you, you haven't been able to go below the knees and a tackle, um, you know, for years and years and years. But there's two class actions by the AFL right now. Uh, I think there's over 100 players who joined those. Um, I know my own club has a player who um, will more than likely be successful in his case against Richmond. Um, and I don't blame a player. I don't blame a player who's going to need medical treatment for the rest of their life in seeking whatever legal avenue they can. So I want to be really open with that. I, I, I can't stand when people say to me, oh, but they knew what they were getting into. Because I certainly didn't when I was a young kid and a young adult. And I can tell you now, most doctors that have been involved with me think that my epilepsy is from head high hits and, and being knocked out playing sports. So um, I think players have every right to be protected. Well, it's not going to be as big as the class action pool that's coming for multimedia companies and screen time that's taking kids away from sport. Yeah, that's true as well, mate. That's true as well. I notice, uh, I, I notice the mood in, in friends' kids and my own kids um, if they've been on their devices too long and, and where you say, hey, time out, guys. Um, you see the mood changes and uh, the patterns of addiction pretty quickly, don't you? I mean, you guys are teachers and stuff. You, you would see that with the, the kids you teach. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not joking. Like, I mean, no. I, I reckon that, like, if we're going to go down the track of sue this, sue that, you know, suing sports because of, you know, what they should have is a fund in place for the medical stuff, which is why the rugby league was initially set up in the first place. I totally agree with that. I think that um, they have a they have the right um, to be protected, and I think that competitions are trying to do. Uh, that now, but the funds definitely should be set up. There should be a trust, you know, a massive trust fund. Uh, I know the, the Players Association in, in the AFL um, have been fighting for those things for a number of years, so we'll see what happens in those regards. Guys, what, uh, what else you want to cover there? So, um, the oh, well, I suppose with the NRL, the Dolphins and uh, the Broncos play tomorrow night, um, depending on when you're listening to this, and two teams undefeated going into a huge game at Suncorp Stadium. 
<laughs> hearing just, crickets, guys. Hearing crickets. Hearing crickets. Sorry, I've just woken up. Um, yeah, Luke, what what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, big one, Dolphins, Broncos. Um, you know, a lot of attention on the Dolphins at the moment. Um, mate of mine is actually the ground and ground announcer at Dolphin Stadium. So, oh, cool! Um, I'm looking forward to hearing his uh, dulcet tones echo out across the stadium. Um, but yeah, very interesting game. Uh, this one, it's it's um, I, I, it's got a lot of potential as a, a great rivalry. Um, but it's one that you know we're waiting to see what this battle will actually do for kind of Brisbane and how, you know, you know, family lines are drawn here and all that kind of stuff and how that narrative kind of plays out after the, the first kind of, um, you know, the, the first battle of Brisbane, I suppose. Well, I, I live in the area where I live in the area, not far from where the Dolphins um, uh, played the QRL and where they'll play their home games, um, uh, the smaller home games. And, I can tell you now, the amount of people up this area wearing Dolphins jumpers is just out of this world. I think I wasn't a big fan of it because the Dolphins are from the QRL. But if you, I think the team that would be worried would be the Gold Coast Titans. No, because it's on the other side of the city, man. Like, I mean, oh, honestly, not... they, they, the, the Dolphins aren't moving needles, needle here a jot. I mean, you guys were playing, going there for raw games. Remember, I had the same conversation. It's like, I couldn't care less. They may as well have put this out in the uh, Great Barrier Reef. I'm talking. I'm about... a Queenslander, and I went to I went to the first three seasons of the Broncos when they came in. I came straight out of being a Brisbane Rugby League supporter as a kid. Mm-hmm. Redcliffe were a Brisbane Rugby League team, just like my team brothers was, and just like Bally's was. I think and the, probably... the traction they're going to get is it might go for a little bit, but if they get any sort of difficult times, and the Broncos won their first six games when they came to the comp. And then they lost. They didn't. They didn't make the the playoffs. So look out. I think. I think you're probably. Um, I'm not just talking about how they're playing, but I think they're going to attract the financial dollars and 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 the media already. Redcliffe, um, come on, mate. I'm in a fighting mood tonight. I cannot. I can't buy that. A Redcliffe, come on. Get you the, know, get you the know fists well up, as, guys. Get you the know as well up. as I do that that team should have gone out to Ipswich. I, I've argued that. Or Sunshine Coast. It's, it's ridiculous. That. I've argued that on this very podcast with you, or we've agreed on that very point. I, but the thing is, at the moment, it's looking, you know, it's looking as good as you could ever look for an expansion. That's because they won the first three games. Not just winning. They, their first home game at Suncorp Stadium was a huge crowd. And uh, I, I think the NRL would be extremely happy at this point in time. Well, why are they playing this game at Dolphin Oval? Because Dolphin Oval only, as you know, only only has probably capacity for ten or eleven thousand people. Where I thought you said that they were playing this game at Dolphin Oval. No, no, they're, they're playing it at Suncorp Stadium. Um, oh, but good. I say they play their smaller games at, at um, whatever it's called now. I don't know what they're calling it. Um, it was Morton Daly Stadium. It was, it was always called Dolphin Oval. Oh, it might be that, K- that goes yeah. right back to the Brisbane Rugby League days. No, I understand that, but I think they're called it KO Stadium now. Isn't it oh. Brisbane Rectangular Stadium or something chaotic? Oh, I that. Love so, it. Yeah. Isn't that when you're not allowed to call a... That's Lane like, Park, isn't it? Yeah, that's Lang Park for sure. They call it Brisbane Rectangular. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, also, something close to your heart, John... Um, <laughs> he's dying. He's dying. He's no, that's so why I'm saying so cranky tonight. I've, I've had my, I've, I've said my, um, look, I've, I've got my affairs in order. 
You're so, you're so upset with the dolphins. Have you, have you, have you made sure to include us in your will, by the way, John? Just double check. Oh, yeah, mate. You'll, you'll get some of my beer stones. Yeah, happy with that. Thank you. And so I did my jerseys. You, you can split them. Mate, I, I, um, I don't collect jerseys anymore. So, um, I'm, I'll I'm give them you there. You can give them to the people. That's what I reckon. Give them to the peeps. Um, so look, um, Ballymore is once again being talked about being rejuvenated, and the Brisbane Roar will be homeless again next season. And who knows where we'll end up. But do you remember many, many years ago, John, when yeah. we first talked that the Roar would go to Ballymore? I wish they had have. Yeah, it would have been good. It would have been very good. But uh, unfortunately, there was an election and the um, peak powers that be lost. And so Ballymore was not rejuvenated. And it would have been the Reds and uh, the Raw playing there and sharing beautiful facilities. People might know that it's one of the, it's one of the coolest grounds to watch sport around. Like, it's just beautiful. It's just, just outside of Brisbane, the leafy suburbs on a hill. It's gorgeous. And you know yeah. what? Would have much preferred them to put a second Brisbane Rugby League team. I and mean, that wouldn't happen, but... Imagine that. Queensland Reds put in a rugby league team. They might as well. Redcliffe's got one. Uh, exactly right. But oh, I don't I, know. look, there's probably there's probably people um, uh, more experienced than me to talk about who should have been where. But um, there's rugby league heartland in Ipswich. It's just been denied completely. And I, I would have preferred to see a team out there, mate. We would have had Ipswich or Toowoomba. I mean, the goddamn road's called Darren Lockyer Way. Yeah. So we would have had Gold Coast. We would have had Gold Coast. Uh, for down south, we would have had Brisbane, we would have had North Queensland Cowboys, and then we would have had, um, you know, t- I think ge- uh, geographically they would have had it really nicely covered, mate. Redcliffe. Oh, anyway, it's been done and done, but look, I remember poor old Bunny Pierce who died on the Redcliffe Bridge and stuff like that. And I'm cool with, I mean, Redcliffe was a cool Brisbane Rugby League team, but, you know, like that's, I feel like that's what they've done. Like, and when we're on the board of the Adelaide. That crows into the AFL and left Port Adelaide out. Remember, it's like yeah. the Adelaide Crows was a mixture of all the sample teams, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that was the right decision at the time. I really do. And the Crushers were supposed to be that, and but this is different. And now it's all about the size of the poker machine room. And I've got to say, I reckon that's a bad business deal. Well, on another sad note, but a beautiful note because such a such a legend of the game, uh, Johnny Sattler um, has passed away. So we we you know veil. Fail John Sattler, um, an absolute icon, a legend, someone that many, many people loved. Um, so condolences to his family, um, friends and, and people and so forth who played with him. It's uh, another, another, you know, uh, life goes on and, and we're not we're not immortal. We're mortal and um, it, it's something close to my heart because he, he was suffering dementia for many, many years as well. Um, but... You know that that toughness that he that he showed throughout his career, and obviously, um, you know, you can't say it was unequivocally because of that. But you know, just a just a beautiful big man, and and he and he's um he's passed this week. So I just wanted to say uh, veil to. I'd like to join in that. In that, I was lucky enough enough to meet um, John a few times. Um, He was a great benefactor to Rosie's Youth Mission, which is the place where um, I met Louise uh, when we started working in that area and uh, not a benefactor but he, he owned he was a publican in, uh, in Southport and he always opened his doors for us and um, gave us a feed while we were working there we were working on uh, not getting paid any money and, and he would um, you know he looked after us and he was a lovely man and uh, you know and to be that 
legendary of a guy like he was. So, so humble. Many people that would have gone into that pub or for feeds and stuff wouldn't have even known no. an amazing record he had. And I'll say a proud night for him and um, may he rest in peace. And uh, his reward's coming now. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, for anyone who, I mean, um, is, Ro- is Rosie's a national uh, organisation, John, or is it? Because I, I know I've got friends who've worked for Rosie's in Brisbane. It started in um, Melbourne, it's yeah. called Rosebud, and then it's then it came to the Gold Coast, and it's now it's in uh, it's in North Queensland. I'm pretty sure it's in Sydney, and it's all around the place. But it's only, you know, it's not it's not huge, but it's around the country. And guys, have I been annoying you enough with my card collections lately? Yeah. And not at all, my friend. I am loving it. I am enjoying the content and very much appreciate you sharing your collection of late. So I will be doing a podcast in the near future with some um, card collectors from around the world. So I'll do a, uh, it'll be one every month or so. Um, And I think you might like this, John, this story, uh, a friend of mine, or not a friend, a guy I've started talking about card collecting, he had hundreds and hundreds of baseball cards. Um, and we're yeah. talking really good ones from the 70s, 80s, up till right now. And yeah. people have just given them to him because they found out he was a card collector and he has no interest in baseball. And so he offered them out basically for the cost of postage. And I, I, I said, oh, we'll put up some of the pictures. And we had um, Shohei, uh, Shohei Altani rookie cards, um, Mickey Mantle replica cards from the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. So I've got oh. a box of about 400 cards, and I've only so far looked at about 20 of them. I'm kind of having it as dessert. If aren't, 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 those, um, aren't baseball cards like the top thing in card collecting? NBA, then baseball. But in terms of NBA, money, yeah, I've and, never and, known anybody to be an NBA card collector. NBA is the biggest card collecting in the world right now. Um, right, okay. But, but I mean, base- historically, it was always baseball. Historically, baseball. Historically, baseball by a long way. Um, but the NBA is the number one um, card collecting for young people these days. Then still baseball followed by <laughs> NFL. Um, and, you know, even things like AFL cards, the top cards are going for twenty five to 30000 at the moment. Um, so I, I, I actually... Love it. It's something I will do a podcast on. Um, I'll be talking from, you know, I I used to collect in the 80s and 90s. And in the 70s, I collected AFL cards for fun. But then in the 90s, I started collecting NBA cards. And we've still got some from that period of time. I've probably got, uh, I I wouldn't even know how many I've got from the 90s. But a card you could buy from the 90s for $2. And if you got it graded, uh, and grading costs about thirty to forty dollars. That card could be worth hundreds, or if not thousands, of dollars. It's such an interesting uh, a, a thing, isn't it? Uh, things are only worth what someone else wants to pay for it. Absolutely, absolutely. You are spot on. Now, would you guys like to play a game with me? Not if it involves. Oh. Not if it involves something Saul-like, where I'm. I've got the potential to die. Uh, okay, I cool. like to, I like to play games. Okay, cool. So, uh, I'll, I'll okay. So, first game for you is uh, well, first up, fun fact: uh, there are um, so currently twenty five percent of Premier League managers have previously managed Watford. Can you name the five managers in the Premier League who have previously managed Watford? Uh, Hodgson, one. Um, 
Go, John. Jump in, mate. I'm not going to treat Oh, you. okay. I'll try Sean Dodge. Uh, correct. There's two. Oh, come on. All right. Let's roll with people. I can't imagine them getting two people outside, so I'll go with um, – I'll try Brendan Rogers. Uh, we've already had Brendan Rogers, so Brendan Rogers uh, is there. Have yep. we? No, I didn't no, no, we had, no, we had Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson, sorry. Yes. Okay, so Brendan Rogers, there's three. <coughs> oh, dude, I'm on fire. Yep, there's three. You got two to go. Uh, you can really out clop, I think. Correct, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Eddie, I don't think Eddie Howe was ever there, so I'm going to take him out. Um, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. All right, well, you know, um, you've got to look at the English managers, uh, I think, first, Paul. What would have been mm, down? Think Continental. Continentals? Don't, don't say Emery. Um, um Think Fulham. Uh, oh, who's he? I, what? Who's the manager of Fulham at the moment? Fulham. So if we're thinking Fulham, is he there now? Yep. All right, the Fulham manager. Silver. Silver's one. All oh, right, then... okay. So that's five. And there's one more left. Javi Garcia. Oh, yeah. There you go. He, he would have been only, he would have only been a few years ago. Exactly right. Um, okay, so here's another, interesting, uh, here's another interesting one for you. Uh, Javier Mascherano's first ever senior game of football, was it for a international side to Argentina or for a club side River Plate? What do you uh, think? Would have been international. You are correct. International is the correct answer there. Uh, next one. Did they um, do that because they had to qualify him against someone else or something? Uh, to be honest, I actually don't know that one. I just know that his first game was for the international team and not for okay. his club side. He hadn't made his senior debut yet for the national uh, for the club side. Nice one. Uh, next question for you then, uh, two, four, six, seven. So we have 18 players that you could potentially name on this list. Can you name any of the starting lineup or substitutes from the 2006 Socceroos v Uruguay game? From two thousand and uh, like two thousand and six, what qualifies? So we'll go toe for toe. So John goes first, and then Paul will go second. So um, Aurelio uh, Vidmar. Well, is... Sorry, what was it? What was the exact question again? Sorry, I don't so know. Oh, no, no, you... hang on, change that. Tony Vidmar. There you go. Good answer. So you can name any of the starting eleven or any of the seven players that were on the bench. Okay, Marco Bresciano. Okay, so so far John had Tony Vidmar correct. We had. Marco Bresciano, correct. There's two. Vinny Grella. Correct. Oh. Uh, Harry Kill. Correct. Mark Schwarzer. Correct. Five. Mark Correct. Scott Chipperfield. Correct. Oh. Um, Lucas Neal. Correct. Uh, Tony Popovich. Correct. Oh, damn it. I'm gone. Popper was mine. <laughs> um, oh, go for the three. Win. Go for the win, John. Craig Moore. You are... Incorrect. 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 No You're Craig joking. Moore. No oh. Craig Moore there. Oh, no more. I'm still in front, though. That gives you one more shot at it, Paul. Oh, this, this is, is this, is this to, um, 
Is this the tie? Uh, this could be the equaliser, yep. Yeah, and then I've got to get another one. Hey, Tim, Tim Kale, was he around then? Timmy Kale yeah. was on the bench, you are correct. Yeah, Timmy Kale, for sure. That's a good one. Um, all right, let me keep my... Um, Fun fact, was an unused sub team that game as well. Yeah, who needs a guy like him? No. Um, so this is there is anyone the... that we... Is there anyone that we um is there anyone that we wouldn't kind of guess? Uh yeah, the, the, there's uh probably two. Um uh, how many were on the bench bench? There were seven players on the bench that night. Uh oh, John Aloisi. What about Skoko? John Aloisi was on the bench, yes, correct. Josip Skoko was on the bench, correct. Damn it. Okay. Then we're still tied up again. Two players, three players who were part of the starting lineup that you've not named. Wait, wait, wait. Was any of them an ex? Because I just had a conversation with him. Was any of them an an ex Villa player? Uh, Potentially. (laughs) Uh, Did he play for the Raw? Uh, We might be thinking of the same (laughs) player. Let's see what you guess he's going to be. is, Is his first name Brett? Uh, with a last name starting with a Edmonton. You are correct. I, I knew that. I was thinking <laughs> it along. Now, you I kept would... talking, mate. You kept talking. No, I, I yeah, you won by. That's why I was saying it. No, I was um, I was just talk. I was talking to him. What an absolute long. legend, by the way. I love Brett Evan. How good was he? Injuries, injuries, um, um, destroyed his career unfortunately because he he was looking like being anything at one stage. And uh, are we still missing starting players, um, Pete? So far, you've got uh, two starting players that you haven't named yet and two bench players. Sorry, three bench players that you haven't named yet. I think John's just dropped out there. Um, we said Lucas Neal, didn't we? Uh, we have said Lucas Neal. You are correct. Yep. Oh, I can't believe John's dropped out. Um, we said Tim Cahill. We have said Tim Cahill. You uh, are currently missing Jason Chalina. We are also say, missing uh, an Archie Thompson. I wouldn't have picked Archie Thompson. I thought we're also oh, missing a always... Zelko Kalic, a Luobo Milestovic, and a Luke Wilkshire so far. I never would have got Luke Wilkshire. Never in a million years. Kalina definitely would have got. But oh, you're oh, back. It's so annoying that. I, and I was really enjoying that. I, I heard you have, <laughs> we said we had still had to get two starting players. That's right. We just went through. So the t- uh, players that we missed out on there were Jason Chalina, a Archie Thompson, both in the starting lineup. Did and Archie we had... Thompson start that game? Yes, he did. That's what I as well. Yeah. Uh, we had off the bench uh, Zelko Kalic, Lorbo Milesevic, and a Luke Wilkshire. All he was, a Luke Wilkshire was in my head because I'm thinking, who's the guy who played all the games under, under? you know, just went on and on and on and played? Yeah, so Luke, I can never remember his name. And he was, he was a gun. Well, gun. Didn't, um, Gus loved him, didn't he? Absolutely. Uh, he, he was one of those uh, random pickups that Gusedek found in the middle of Russia uh, at the time where Luke Wilshire was playing and was one of those, you know, stray players that he just picked up and went, that's who I want to come on board and, and was an absolute uh, worker and, and machine. Do you, you think he had a pretty good A-League career? Uh, A-League career, look, he, he had moments of glory. Uh, yep. There's no doubt about that. And, and look, coaching-wise, he's, um, you know, absolutely brilliant. So um, Man, similar to Brett Emerton, as you guys mentioned there, Brett Emerton, for me, is one of the best uh, up-and-coming junior coaches at the moment. Oh, that's awesome to hear, mate. And, and and I love the fact that you support other coaches that way and, and don't have any ego involved. I loved that game, mate. You got us really thinking. Well, no worries. Because you think you'd never forget those guys, but you, it's so hard to name everyone. I reckon we went all right, to be fair. You guys I'm, did well. 
You did, guys did very, very I was, well. There. I was, I was struggling. I had, to, I mean, John had to get that. John had to get that lead and get me. I was trying to visualise the players at one stage and just see who was wearing the jerseys. But uh, yeah, that was fun, mate. Any any other games you got for us there? Uh, look, if you'd like to go for uh, one final round, uh, we can try and do one final round to uh, <laughs> to see how we go. Uh, entirely up to you how you'd like to play that one out. But let me know if you, if you would like to. I can make it happen. Go for it. No, I like playing these games. It's good. Okay, fantastic. So uh, final round is going to be the 2015 Asian Cup oh. Grand Final between uh, Australia and South Korea, which finished in a 2-1 win for the Socceroos to win the uh, 2015 Asian Cup. Can you name any of the uh, 11 starting players or three substitutes that were used during that game, not including the unused substitutes here? Are you wow. talking from the? Are you talking from the from Korea the, team? <laughs> from from purely the Socceroos team, the eleven starting players, or any of the three substitutes who were used in this game? There's only one player I I know played in that, and I'm seriously I'm out of it. I reckon it, and that was uh, Luongo because he got man of the tournament. I think Massimo Luongo was definitely part of the starting I, lineup. I just played know that. That's all I he know. was fantastic. Yes. Um, the current goalkeeper and captain, the goalkeeper? Matty Ryan did play. You are correct. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, who else was in that team? Holy smokes. Um, Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill, he did. He played 60-odd minutes in that game. Yeah. All right, Paul, your shot, man. Um, I know there was another keeper who played well there, so Matty Ryan, for sure. Matty Ryan, yes, he was there, yep. What about Topper Stanley? Oh, Stanley, you are incorrect. Nicolas oh! was not there. I would, yeah, was... With you as, I would have gone with you as well, mate. I would have said him for sure. Have a thing about who would have been the captain in 2015. Have a thing about who was... Oh, the uh, full-grown man. Um, what's his name? Play for Villa. Yednak? Mila Yednak. You are correct. Oh, I love Mila Yednak. What a trooper he was too. Next um, up, think about a winger who started off at Brisbane Raw, had an experience at Melbourne Victory, has played overseas, come oh, back Robbie to Cruz. Robbie Cruz, thank you. You can also include a midfield maestro for Brisbane Raw, M.M. Oh, Massimo Madoka. No. <laughs> no. He's a Kiwi, isn't he? Matty McCoy. Matty McCoy. Oh, Matty wow. McCoy came off the bench, 75th <laughs> minute. You, you were blasphemous then, though, right? Can I say why you were blasphemous? Because I said, the, only, the only maestro that it, the Brisbane Roars ever had is a German. Yeah, of course. It's Tommy Bros. I've actually got pictures <laughs> of him up in my bedroom right now, to be honest. He still literally decorates uh, three or four posters across my bedroom walls. Uh, All right, so what about, let's go back to the defence. So um, uh, uh, did we have international defenders of that team? Or we had um, Mila Yednak? Mila Yednak. So Any other big names? Midfield. Uh, well, you've got. There was a lot um, of them. Um, there was. There would have been players at that stage. A lot of A League players. So you would have gone Mark Milligan. Yes, um, Milligan starting midfield. What about Luke Wilkshire? Luke Wilkshire was not in the squad at this time. Oh, it, okay, it, missed it, him it on really both ends. It was a really big A League squad. I'm it sure. Was. Of it was. Yep. Um, there was a Brisbane <laughs> Raw right back who started. Come on, Paul. Come on, Mr. You know, I'll go to Redcliffe and I'm not going, but I'm going. <laughs> um, Franich. Correct. Ivan Franich. Oh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was Massimo Madoka a Kiwi? I'm sure he was. No, I don't think so. 
You reckon? I'm sure. I'm positive he was. Well, then, then he played. Can, then he played in the World Cup. You can go with that if you like. Well, um, I could, be, could be wrong. Come on, come on, come on. No, come I, on. I can't go with this. You team. have a uh, Central Coast centre back who. Uh, well, I already was... put Topper Stanley, and he didn't count. Yeah, correct. Trent uh, Sainsbury. You are correct. Thank you. You also have a incredibly tall and overtowering uh, Melbourne Victory central defender. Spiranovic. Maddie Spiranovic. You are correct. And I then our left back. I can't get any, any of these without you giving clues, mate. And our left back is uh, Ben. Was it Waratifi? surely was gone by then, wasn't he? No, nah, he was gone by then. Yeah, he was gone. I just said by 15 years. Yeah, mate. <laughs> it was a really A-league squad. I'm sure of it. It was. The left back, his dad is a former Socceroo and he's still part of the Socceroos lineup as it stands. He's always had some uh, interesting hair colour choices as well of late. Oh. His dad was a Socceroo. Yep. Socceroo. Who's Davidson? son? Davidson. Correct, no. Jason Davidson. Jason I, I didn't know his first name. And the final player of the starting lineup that we've not yet named. We've got two players off the bench. We haven't named name. too many of the starting lineup. We haven't no. named too many at all. Uh, you've got a incredibly fast, wide, left-sided player, attacking player. Matthew Leckie. Matty Leckie, thank you. Oh, and then off no. the bench are two That's substitutions. We've got a no. player who played up top and replaced Tim Cahill in the 60th minute. Uh, he has been a fantastic striker in the A-League for a number of years, having played for, I believe it's Western Sydney Wanderers as well as Melbourne Victory. He's also had a career overseas. Croatian surname, but Aussie at heart. Croatian surname. What does it start with? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yusika? Uh, yeah, you're so close. Tommy Urich. Right, Urich. yeah, okay. Yeah. And oh, then, what about Tommy Rogic? No, safe? Tommy Rogic was... Uh, so he got left behind. He was he's saying was no, an un- unused substitution in this okay. game from, from memory. Uh, the other player that we had was James Triussi in central uh, midfield who came on the uh, 70th minute. Hey, guess who? He, he was playing for Newcastle. United. Yeah, he was playing for Newcastle at the time, I believe, he was, before yeah. he uh, transferred. So did Chris did Chris Hurd not play? Uh, not part of the game day squad here. Okay, he was asked Paul to um to also not let anyone know that he was part of the squad ever. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the purposes of this game, I, I should cut this out of the podcast, but I've got him coming up on a uh, Villa podcast down the track. So uh, can I you please cut that out? <laughs> I, I, I've got to Sorry, man. I'm just trying to bring some levity. That was good, man. I'll tell you that what. Was good. It's pretty I, hard I, to remember that team. Holy smoke. I, I appreciate that. Look, we've got a um, – before we wrap up, guys, we've got a um, really big round. Obviously, every round is big of the AFL and NRL. Uh, the Thursday night game is Geelong and Carlton. Um, currently, Carlton are up by about 16 points. And in the NRL, second half is the Eels, who haven't won a game this year against the Panthers, and that's eight all. Um, but just – Really quickly, um, some of the big games for the AFL this week. Um, I won't even include my team. I think the Lions playing the Demons tomorrow night at a sold-out Gabba. Um, That's a big game. It's a huge game early on. Um, the Dogs playing St Kilda just because the Dogs will need a win and the Saints, who not many people gave a chance of playing well this year. And Essendon could be um, Essendon could be two and zip when they play the Suns down at uh, Marvel. So... 
um, some games in. I didn't even include my team in there. So there we go. Interesting. Uh, NRL games, guys, um, any of those that will pique your interest? I don't know. I know that you've fallen out in love uh, with the game, but we've got the Storm playing the Tigers. Forget that one. Dolphins, Broncos, we already touched on. That's going to be huge. Uh, and... The Cowboys, the Titans, that will be quite an interesting matchup. You've got Rabbitohs and Seagulls. Um, the game that no one wants to be at versus the game where everyone wants to see their jerseys. So a bit of a hybrid fixture between that one. You've got the Warriors and the Bulldogs. That could be quite an interesting one, especially for the Bulldogs fans out there. Uh, you've got Knights v. Raiders, and then all wraps up with Dragons v. Sharks. Yeah, yeah and Dragons v. Sharks. If, if I watch any of the Dragons versus Sharks games, um, call me a taxi because I'll be drunk because I couldn't be bothered watching either of those teams ever. Mate, tell you what, you've really got me going, Pete. You got me going on these um, old Socceroos teams. Check this out. This is the um, the team, the Australian team that beat England in two thousand and three. I think we just had. Uh, just think we had Pete drop out, mate. So uh, <laughs> give us some of the names there, mate. We'll finish the podcast off tonight. It's a pretty strong team, man. Uh, Schwarzer, Emmett, and Moore, Popovich, Chipperfield, Lazaridis, Ocon, Lucas Neal. Skoko, Kuhl, Paduka, and the bench was Bresciano, Aloisi, Tony Fidmar, Vinnie Grillo, and Mille Stajowski. Every one of those players um, in the modern game, every <laughs> one of those players would be in uh, a Premier League or a champion a championship team. They, you look they, back they, now and you go, you go, no wonder Australia was coming so, and no wonder a guy like was hitting said, look, seriously, give me this team for a minute. I, honestly, mate, that is... I, I, I doubt that many of them would miss out on playing in a Premier League team these days. That's a very, very that's one of the most talented squads where they've. Oh, I think that would be a talented squad for any nation. Well, I reckon they all nations. did play. Um, even Milos Tajosic play. He. Um, well, they either played. They either played in Europe's top leagues. He or, played at Lille and Basel. I played yeah, Derby County. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of them did play in Europe's top leagues. They were playing in Spain. They were playing in Italy. They were playing in England. So we were just blessed at that time, hey? That was a great team, mate. Yeah, no, that's all good, man. Just um, happy to be part of it. It's really fun. I, I love that guy. That was good. We should do that again. Yeah, we'll do it with a couple other sports as well. And um, but no, that was that was a lot of fun, mate. And um, I hope you have a lovely night. This is the Love Sport Podcast. Um, get us on um, Facebook and Twitter. You can get John if he chooses to be there at Lambic Peach. Get Pete at Pete Nobikowski on Twitter and you get me at Paul underscore football. And we'll speak to you hopefully next week. And we've got Pete back to say goodnight, mate. Got Thank you very much. It has been an absolute pleasure. And I look forward to catching up with everyone again in the very near future. Yeah, you've thrown the gauntlet down. I'm going to be throwing you guys some uh, some name association games next week. So I've got a couple of ideas for you both. So let's bring, let's bring some of that to it. I really love that, Pete. That was an awesome section. And uh, you guys have a lovely weekend. Under right field. Hondo turns. There it goes. Straighten it out. Second deck. One run game. off the ninth inning against Shohei Otani, who fires another 3-2. That's ball four to start the nine. Wow, what a take. I mean, that one shot.
Bouncing ball to second. Yamada to short. Over to first two. A double play has Japan one out away. Otani's ready. Trout's ready. 3-2. He struck him out. Otani strikes out Trout. And Japan's back on top of the baseball world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. You can get us on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook. You can join our group on Facebook as well through the Love Sport Podcast. You can listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. We're there. Send us questions. I'm Paul, one of the hosts. Get me at Paul underscore football. You know what? Even when my teams lose... Sometimes it feels like you're not going to survive, but you will. This is, was, and always will be the Love Sport Podcast.